What's up? You're listening to Toy Photocast with Dega Bidays. We are storytellers. What's up, listeners? Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Toy Photocast. This was the episode with my nerdy obsessions. Mr. Tommy had a blast with him. I want to give a shout out to our two Patreon listeners who are the hardcore members. Jordan Dodrell and Stephanie Byer. Thank you so much for being a part of the Patreon. And thank you guys uh, for the new patrons who've been hopping on there and listening. We got episodes for you guys. You can access the bonus episodes for a dollar and you can access the uh, normal episodes early, usually a week early for $5 a month. And then you can also do a, a $10 a month, $10 a month, get um, shout outs on every episode. Also, you get access to a community on Discord where all of the podcast hosts, uh, podcast guests and myself included are able to chat and hang out and have a good time. So yeah, if you want to hop on there, help support us and it'd be really appreciated. Thank you guys for listening to this episode and we will see you at the next one. Peace. Three, two, one. What's up everybody? Welcome to Toy Photocast with the one, the only, my nerdy obsessions, AKA Tommy. What's up, man? What's going on, man? It's awesome to have you on. I'm I'm stoked. You're such a great guy, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Me too, man. I've been looking forward to it. I'm glad we finally found a day. I know. Our cross have finally passed. Uh, what's the word? Our paths have finally crossed. That's, yep. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And uh, I'm, I'm one of those people that's like, and we talked about this, is like, if I'm not 100%, like, I don't want to do it. Like, and I think there was a couple of times I wasn't feeling good. And then our schedules, like conflicts, like, oh yeah, we finally can do it. So we're here. We're doing this thing. Yeah. No, it should surprise nobody that uh, knows me that's listening to this, that it was hard to find a perfect day to schedule. With me. It's all good, man. At least we're doing it. We're doing it now. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So kick us off. How long have you been doing toy photography? Gosh, how long have I been doing toy photography? Should I look at my page and scroll to the very bottom? I think it's been, I'm just going to take a guesstimate. I think it's been like three years now. Okay. About three years. I actually think we're getting close to, maybe close to my three-year anniversary. I'm actually, we're in March now. That's close to around the time I started, when I started my page. I started it in spring. Nice. And, uh, I forget the exact date, but I think we're. I think it's coming on three years here. So 2017. Yeah, pretty sure. Okay. Pretty sure. It's, yeah, that's it's right around the time I did too. Yeah. Nice. So when you started out, did you like make a make a page for this, or was this something that kind of evolved over time? Do you remember? Um, it kind of all just happened at once. Like I. I was I've like I've always been a big freaking nerd, as you probably could see from <laughs> what we were talking about before. Yep. Uh, so, but there was like a period in time where I wasn't like collecting stuff. But then the Force Awakens came out, and there was Star Wars stuff just everywhere. Yep. And uh, I just wanted to buy all of it, and that's kind of where like the collecting aspect started again. And I just like all of a sudden started buying all kinds of stuff and uh and then it kind of evolved from there and then i saw like i had my personal instagram and i saw some toy photo pages um nick shakem i saw his page i'm pretty sure his page was the first toy photo page that i ever saw and really? uh yeah and there were quite a few then that led me to other pages and i was like so this is a thing that people can do. And uh, it like, I don't know, it kind of stemmed from me at the time really wanting to just do something creative. I just yeah. was like really tired of not because I've always had kind of a 
creative bone in my body and uh i just wasn't doing anything with it i was just working and then coming home and doing nothing so i just really needed like something to do and i was like well this is something that i could maybe do and i was pretty terrible at it at first well what's your background man did you start out like having a knowledge of photography or did you No, not at all okay I just kind of, I mean, the most knowledge I had was just from uh, just knowing that I liked photography and that I liked art and I liked, like, I feel like I had a general knowledge of what a good picture looked like. Yeah. You know? So I was like, well, like, I love movies, like I said. So it was a curiosity of like, I was always curious how exactly they make their like cinematography is one of my favorite things in movies. And I was curious how exactly they make the movies look like they do, you know? Yeah. Like, how do you make a shot look cinematic like that? You know, I know exactly what you mean. So it kind of stemmed from that. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and my sisters, they did photography and stuff. So uh, the camera I still use now is actually one that my sister gave me. Oh, wow. Yeah, which was really, really nice of her. It was her old camera. Um, she was just like, because I was just shooting with my uh, phone at first. Yeah. And then uh, she was like, well, if you're really into this, because I stuck with it, you know, getting like five likes at a time, hardly anyone saw my page and stuff but i was like fuck it i made this so i'm gonna stick with it sure so so i stuck with it and then she was like here well i I don't use this camera ever so uh if you're gonna take this seriously and keep going with this so so she gave me that camera and then then my photography kind of started to get better once i once i actually had a camera to work with so how do you feel like since you started out you've like progressed and how do you feel like your photos have changed um well i feel like i under like i at first i didn't understand the concept of lighting and such um i didn't understand like and i was talking to this talking about this to a friend on here the other day um i didn't understand like even when i was getting better with my photos. Um, like I use a blue light a lot, um, which is just, uh, if you've seen my, I'm sure you've seen my blue, the blue that I use sometimes. Um, it's like, it's just a movie projector. Okay. (laughs) It's just the, it's just an Epson movie projector. And I'm always cracking up to myself because I use it more for photos than I actually do for watching movies on it to project on the wall. So you're using that as like a, a way to use for use it as like a background a, light, a background light. Okay. Um, and that's what I first started. Like I was just messing around, like what will it look like if I use this as a light? And that was even back when I was just shooting with my cell phone. And then I was like, Oh, that looked kind of cool. And then I've just stuck with that and just understanding like how lighting works in a shot. Um, like at first I didn't understand that you need to have a, uh, like a light in the front. Uh, there's a name for it. I'm spacing out on it right now. Um, you're good. Um, you're, you're thinking of like three point lighting. Yeah. Like, like I always have the backlight kind of at three quarters and then I have the other one. The fill, the fill light. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. The fill light. I didn't understand the concept of a fill light. I was always just using a backlight. And so if you look at some of my older photos, a lot of them are like, uh, very monochrome. Mm-hmm. They're really blue. Uh, it's like almost hard to see exactly what's going on. And then I understood that, okay, well, if you have a lo- another light in the front and you angle it a certain way, then it then it'll make the picture. So once I understood that, then it kind of, then my photos really got better. And it's all, it's kind of, it's all simple stuff. Yeah. You know? Nice, nice. So since you have been doing this for a long time, a uh, couple of years now, how do you approach it? Like, are you interested in the shooting process more? Or are you just trying to get as many photos as you can? 
or are you more interested in posting? Like, cause like, how do you kind of manage like what you want to post versus how much you shoot? Well, I kind of, I mean, I'm very compulsive, I guess, with posting. I post quite a bit. I post almost every day, I think. But I generally get the most out of it when it's like a figure that I really like. Um, like if I get something new, like when uh, when Joker, when that figure came out, I was just wanting to shoot that all the time. So it kind of depends on how many photos I take. Like I'll have, I have a ton of backup photos all the time. I shoot a lot of, that's kind of my shooting process. I take a lot of different pictures uh, at the same time quite often. Okay. So like when you have a setup, you'll just like throw different figures up and see what works. Oh yeah. I'll do that all the time. Um, like whenever I'm editing, it's, it's not usually just uh I mean, sometimes it is, but it's not usually just one picture. I'll usually be editing like eight different pictures at the same time that I took one day. But I feel like most of my setups are pretty simple, so it's easy to to get a lot of pictures. Yeah. But um, I always find I always get more satisfaction though when whenever it's like a single a singular idea. Like I will do that a lot where I take a lot of photos, but. But whenever it is like an idea I think of for a while and or it's something that like if I have something in the mail and it's not going to get here for a week or so and I sit around thinking about the photo that I'm going to take with it. Um, for sure. My process is a little more different. Like I'll, I'll try, I guess, a little bit harder to, to go out of my way to make it look cool. Um, but uh yeah, I just I just enjoy taking photos in general, you know. I, I take a lot of photos just because I I've just really grown to love it at this point, you know. So you you do enjoy it more than when you first started out? I do because back then I used to it's funny, I remember when I first started, I used to be like, What if I run out of ideas? Like how am I gonna like people <laughs> like when I first started like getting followers, I thought that I was going to run out of ideas for shots. And I was like, how am I going to be able to keep posting all the time? People are expecting me to post every day. And, and this and that. And I, and I was getting anxiety over like running out of photo ideas. And I was like, well, if you, you can just take photos and enjoy it. Then you don't have to worry about like coming up with ideas all the time. That's funny. The only yeah. person that I've ever heard say something similar to that was Tom. That was like, kind of felt like the burden of having followers and we're like, I've got to produce quality content to keep, keep them right. happy. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. That's how I felt at first. And then now it's kind of more making myself happy with my photos, even yeah. though I like, obviously I want people to enjoy them. Like I appreciate everyone that enjoys my page and stuff. And, and I want people to enjoy the shots that I take, but I definitely just get more personal enjoyment out of it now as compared yeah. to when I first started, when I felt like I was trying to like get a following and, and this and that. Now it's kind of more about just the enjoyment of uh, taking photos and, and however many followers I get now, it doesn't really, doesn't really matter to me, even yeah. though like, obviously I appreciate it when people follow me and stuff, but it's evolved more. Now it's like, I just love photography. When at first can, it was like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. I just wanted to have a creative outlet and, and, uh, yeah. You can tell, man, like the way that you do your things now. And one of my personal favorite ones you've done recently is the, the Goku. Is that a statue? The band Presto one when he's waving with the angel oh, wings? Yeah. yeah. That's a band Presto. Oh man. I love that. That's, that's actually one of my favorite shots I've done too. I think probably. Got and, such uh, good Tom, funny, in that funny one. you mentioned Tom a second ago. He helped me with that shot. Nice. He added that is the, funny. I didn't even realize that. Halo. Yeah, he added the halo in there. Huh. And, and he added his... Uh, he did some edits. He did quite a, f a few edits on there. I always notice what? his little edits he does. And then I, then I tell him, I notice your little edits. <laughs> what a nice guy. He's a real nice guy. He always does more than I ask. And I'm like, you're the man. 
So He's have you seen have you seen Dragon Ball Super yet? Yes, I have. Uh, though I haven't finished it, and Tom will be pissed off if he listens to that because <laughs> he's giving me a ton of shit about that. Well, uh, I just started actually about three weeks ago, and I'm on episode or almost episode sixty. Nice. That's where it gets really, really good. Once you get past, I mean, it's it's always enjoyable, but I think my issue that I had when I started it is just because I watched those movies and like yeah. the first two arcs are basically what I already knew from the movie. Oh. You know, did you watch I them? No, I didn't see those. Okay. Well then it was probably better for you from the beginning. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Like I was like thoroughly enjoying it. I was like, man, this is so good. It's so nostalgic. And I, we talked about this earlier, but I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z and so this was like nostalgia 101 for me. Like I was just like loving it. So. Yeah. Oh man. No, it's a, it's a really great show. And um, so for me, I, I like really started to get into it more after just cause I like, I felt like it was story I already knew, but you yeah. have watched it without knowing the knowledge of the movies than that. I could see how that would be. That would be awesome from the yeah, game. It- it was and like for me like dragon ball z like one of the biggest issues i had was how long it took to get things done and i mean there's still like it's always that old old joke that people like how long does it take to get uh something done it's like 10 episodes and you know what i'm saying it's like Uh but this one i feel like they kind of nailed the formula down no it's fast paced for sure because like people die and come back within the same episode and revive people and and yeah that would have normally taken like 16 episodes before <laughs> exactly i was watching the uh i was watching the cell games saga i think last weekend and uh gosh the fights just go on forever and ever like goku versus cell i was watching it and i was like i thought this was just i thought their fight was one episode and their fight is like four episodes oh yeah damn i didn't realize their fight was that long they fight and they talk a minute and they fight and they talk some more. And yeah. They fight, talk some more. And then Gohan, he and fights Gohan. and then the Cell Juniors show up and then he gets really mad. Then he goes Super Saiyan 2. And then, I mean, that honestly, you don't want to talk about a highlight of childhood. Gohan going Super Saiyan 2. It's like, I know. I was I like, that they made Gohan a wimp in Super. Oh, I know. Yeah. <sighs> That's my only gripe. That is my only gripe with the I'll, show. I'll give you a teaser of because I have watched almost all of it, but um, he does get a little bit better towards the end. Okay, that, yeah. that's good. He has some redemption. He has a little <laughs> bit of awesomeness towards in the last arc. Okay, I'm I'm right at in the middle of the Zamasu uh, yeah. arc with Goku Black. Yeah, I like that arc. I I like Future Trunks so. Me too. Why'd they change his hair, man? I don't know. It's like blue. Yeah. What's up with that? I have no idea. (laughs) I always wondered that too. I got his band Presto and I was like, why is his hair blue? It doesn't make any sense to me. I know, because he was purple, right? In the Dragon Ball Z. I'm not sure. Because Bulma's hair is blue. Yeah, it makes sense that he would have blue hair because of Bulma, but... But at the same time, I'm not sure. Maybe it was just a color issue whenever they first released the uh, Dragon Ball Z, and they were like, "Yeah, oh, we got to correct that." Yeah, it was always supposed to be blue. Yeah, maybe it was always supposed to be blue. My life is a lie. I know his hair is purple. Yeah, I love that purple hair. I know. I prefer his purple hair to his blue hair. To be honest. Oh, no, we I, digress. We digress. I prefer his uh, his long hair that he had after he got out of the uh, hyperbolic hyperbolic time, time chamber. <laughs> that was that ass crunk look of all time. A lot locks down to his shoulders, flowing, flowing in the wind. I didn't like the bulky transformation, though. I wasn't even. I don't know. I wasn't yeah, a fan of that. Locked too. It never. It yeah. didn't work. Cell was like here. You're cumbersome and, and slow. <laughs> it's like yeah. I can beat you up so easily because you're just bulking yourself up. 
I never understood that transformation because, like, I thought it was Super Saiyan 2, but then Gohan went Super Saiyan 2 and didn't bulk up insanely. So I was always like, why was he yeah. like, Super Saiyan 2? He there's was so like, many, there's so many different transformations for Saiyans. Like, I don't, I can't keep up because there's like, now there's like Rose, there's Super Saiyan God yeah. mode, there's Super Saiyan, like, blue they're super saiyan i don't know there's so many first i thought it was like wait isn't super saiyan blue still the god mode no no it's not it's not um it's totally different it's the super saiyan transformation of god mode yeah exactly which is crazy it's crazy um did you see broly the broly movie i have not i haven't seen that i heard it's good you have not seen Super Dragon Ball Super Broly? No, I no, haven't. It's something you need to see. Is it good? Oh, man. It is like the pinnacle of Dragon Ball Z entertainment. Okay. It was probably my favorite animated movie last year. Really? Oh, and I'll, It should have won the Oscar. Let's be honest. M- more than Spider-Man? Uh, far, uh, what's the other one? The Oh, no. Not, no, not, more, than, uh, not more than Spider-Man. Into the Spider Verse, I wouldn't have given it over into the Spider Verse, but I might have given it over Toy Story Four, maybe. My personal that was a good one, (laughs) but I love Toy Story Four too. Uh, Spider Verse, though, that's like that's an all timer. I freaking I'm obsessed with that movie still. It's a great movie. I can't believe they announced um, Hot Toys for it. It's about time, right? I know. I I thought they never would because it took so long. I was like, I I guess they're not. I thought they would have definitely done it, but then they did. So I was like, oh, okay. All right, man. Let's get back on track because I'm I'm all over the place today. But let's let's talk about your. I'm all over the place always. So you're good, man. (laughs) Let's talk about your camera exactly the kit that you use and. Um, the specific lights and dioramas and things that you use for your uh, photography. And if people want to be able to use those things, where can they get them? Um, okay. Well, this is where the uh, interview is going to fall off the rails. Cause <laughs> I'm terrible at camera knowledge. Well, just what, what exactly are you using? Like, okay, what's I'm your... going to grab my camera and get everything. Sure. Go ahead. Um, Let's see, where the hell, where even is my camera? Oh, it was sitting, it was literally right next to me. I got up to look for it, and it was right next to me. Oh, wow. Um, I use a Canon 40D EOS. Um, It's pretty old. It's from, like, 2010. Um, And I use, the main thing that makes my photos good in or, or that gives them the quality that they have is the lens. Uh, and I use an ultrasonic Canon uh, 50 millimeter. Okay. Um, and that just gives it the more, like, I. that's kind of when I started getting uh, better at photos is when I got a better lens. Then I kind of understood, like, how lighting works with different lenses and, and uh, it just gives it, Gives photos that more cinematic look because it blurs out the, uh, gives the good background blur and stuff. Nice. And bokeh, bokeh and whatnot. Um, but I used to use an 85 millimeter. That one almost has a little too much background blur, but that's good for like close ups and stuff for six scale figures. Mm-hmm. Just because they're, they're bigger, but I have to stand like 10 feet away when I shoot with it. So it's kind of hard to use like inside. So, so I got the 50 millimeter just to be able to shoot better when I shoot inside, just cause I can be closer to the figures. Gotcha. And I know a lot of people use an even, uh, even lower lens than that. I, I forget like 35 millimeter, I think is the popular one for core photography. I, I forget. I, I feel like the, the macro is more popular. Yeah. The macro lens. Yeah, like a like a more zoomed in lens, but I could be wrong. Yeah, um, the ones where you can get really close Tight in there, shots. smaller yeah. figures. Yeah, um, I still don't think I have a, uh, but I use the prime lens. The prime lens is what really makes the 
the difference. Um, the Christmas. It just, yeah, it just adds that kind of cinematic, more cinematic look to photos. And it, it like does it on its own. You don't even have to be super good at taking pictures. It takes awesome photos, even if I were to just like shoot my cat who's sitting on the couch behind me right now. You would probably look awesome in a photo right now and I wouldn't even have to do anything. Um, what about uh, dioramas, man? Would you use anything specific? So I have, um, what, what is the, the extreme sets? I have one extreme set, um, but I actually have not even been using that quite often. I barely got that uh, a few months ago. And that's the only like, big diorama that I've ever even purchased before. Um, other dioramas I've like made my own before. Okay. But those are just easy ones, quick ones, like out of a cardboard box, you know, and I print, um, I'll print stuff out off of the computer, like a wallpaper or like I did a Catwoman shot a few weeks ago and I printed out like a bank vault and just oh, cool. glued that to some cardboard and then uh, printed out like tile floor on paper. So it's really easy to make, to make your own stuff just by printing it off the, the computer. If you can find the, uh, the right images. Yeah. Um, but awesome. for the most part um, I shoot outside uh, a lot of my indoor stuff. Um, I do use one diorama a lot, and that was from my friend uh, Dan, um, Puncture Boy photo. Um, and he made, he probably made the diorama I use the most. It's like uh, stone steps. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use that quite a bit. It's like this big stone step diorama. I got it to uh, to do Star Wars shots with. And I don't think I've hardly done any Star Wars shots with it. <laughs> about it, um, but I use that quite a bit, uh, just because it always seems to look pretty cool in pictures. I I use that with like my my blue lighting that I have. Uh, but uh, awesome. yeah, as in terms of dioramas, I don't really use them that much. I do a lot of stuff outside. I noticed that. I was I was curious. As most of your shots are outdoors, right? Yeah, a lot of them. Um, so um, I live. So this is interesting. My job is pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. I live. I live above my work. I, my job. My family owns a uh, a mortuary, uh, funeral business, and that's actually where that's where I work. Gotcha. So I live in the apartment above the mortuary. That's uh, not creepy at all. Not <laughs> I live above a funeral home. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it is kind of creepy. Um, it's not creepy to me at this point, though. But um, I live like on a roof, so it, I literally just walk outside, and there's like this cool kind of urban-looking apartment complex across from me. Like it's like this brick building, and there's just other buildings around. So I'll. Uh, I'll shoot out there quite a bit, just on out on my roof. I'm always afraid that people are going to be like, "Are you taking pictures of us in our apartment?" I'm like, "No, shooting <laughs> this toy. Don't worry, you're blurred out in the background." You always have an alibi ready. Exactly, you're blurred out. It's okay. I'm using a, I'm using a fine lens. Fine. I was changing clothes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't see you at all. Don't worry. <laughs> That's oh, that one was focused on the apartment <laughs> yeah or just try to like try to like speak in spanish or some other language they don't you know oh, he, oh shoot well most people are spanish in my city so i'd be screwed. oh then you're really up a creek <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um yeah but yeah i shoot outside a lot i i like shooting in a in natural settings that's where i just that's why i really loved where i just i just went i just went on a trip up to um pyramid lake it's in nevada and uh, my dad and i go there on like our annual like father-son bonding trip for fishing 
and uh it's a really good spot for photography it has like desert rocks and and stuff that sounds epic man yeah it's awesome it's and it's really easy to find uh places with good lighting because it's hard to shoot outside sometimes because the sun can be really harsh so you kind of have to find you just have to find the right angles to where it looks natural on on camera but that place has a lot of stuff you prefer outdoors rather than indoors i don't know it's it's hard to say i i just i do outdoor shooting more but i do find the exact same amount of satisfaction out of like doing a nice indoor shot too yeah and that's entirely like my creation you know inside with my own lighting and stuff so um like i was really happy with one i did a couple weeks ago and that was something i wouldn't have been able to do outside it was like snowfall with the blue light behind this this anime character uh have you ever watched your lion april I have not. Maybe don't watch it. <laughs> it's very heartbreaking. I'm still oh. depressed over it, I think. One of those. Like, I literally, I've shot her this character from the show twice. I don't even know why I got her figure. I feel like I'm torturing myself every single time I see her on my shelf. <laughs> like, it literally almost makes me tear up every single time I shoot with her figure. I mean, it must have been a good story if it hits it's you on really that good. It's really emotional. It, it was a really good story. I mean, it's worth watching. I recommend watching it. It's just be mentally prepared to be to sad. Maybe, maybe be sad. So if you're in the okay. movie, be sad if you watch it. But if I you like those... music, it's, it's a beautiful, like, I love music. Music is also a big uh, part of my life. And, uh, like, in terms of musical shows and, like, capturing the essence of what makes people passionate about music that show captures it pretty uh pretty perfectly nice it's really good dude what's your favorite uh line of figures to shoot my favorite line so are we talking like um the brand or could, could be, or, just, be. or just my personal preference of what types of characters or or I yeah, guess let's do one. both. Why not? Uh, um, I mean, I shoot a lot of Funkos. I shoot Funko Pops quite a bit, but I wouldn't say that they're my favorite to shoot. I, I love shooting them. I guess probably figure arts, Dragon Ball Z are my favorite to shoot. Nice. Just because I have such a personal connection to Dragon Ball Z that like whenever I shoot with those figures, I'm just like, happy that they exist and that I'm able to do photos with them in general. That's awesome. So probably for personal enjoyment, probably, probably those, the Dragon Ball Z figure art stuff, but then any Dragon Ball Z stuff is probably my favorite. Um, but Star Wars too. Um, and obviously I love shooting, uh, hot toys. I love black series. I love NECA. I love, I love pretty much everything. I love uh, Mezco. Mafex has some really good stuff. Um, I even really like I like Marvel Legends quite a bit too. I don't sh- I don't think I shoot them that often. I shoot them sometimes, but I collect them quite a bit. Um, I collect more figures than I even shoot. I have quite a few figures that I haven't even done photos with before. Like I have Neo's Hot Toy from The Matrix. I've never done a shot with him before. Do you consider yourself more of a collector? Probably. Probably more of a collector. Although I love taking photos too, but I just collect so many things. Like I collect comics, I collect uh, Blu-rays, I I collect all sorts of stuff. Um, and Funkos, like I'll buy Pops just like, even if it's with no intention of shooting them. Um, like I have a ton, I just keep in keep in the box on display. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I I like shooting all types of figures. Um, some people like to stick with like one thing, and that and that's cool too. Um, yeah. I I don't know. I feel like I just I've have very I have a various uh, 
passion for multiple things. Yeah, I like multiple things. So I collect whatever is making that particular figure. Gotcha. Um, Do you have any moments in your uh, history of your account that you like? I like to call pinch me moments that maybe something happened that you were like, what? That's crazy. Oh, yeah. That's that's funny. That's actually funny. We're having this conversation today um, because that happened on this day. I think like and the only reason I know about I thought about this is because. um, uh, So I'll I'll just say the story. So um, I posted I love um, Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. Crazy about that movie. And um, I really love the character of love uh sylvia hoax from it and um i did some shots with her figure and uh tagged her in it and she posted it so today's international women's day right yeah yeah and uh she posted it for she reposted my toy photo that i did of love for international women's day on her instagram today two couple years ago oh okay blade runner came out Wow. Um, that was, that's still the coolest thing that's happened to me for sure. When she posted that, I think she's since, I think she erased all of her pictures though on her Instagram when she like was promoting a movie or something, but I still have it. I got a screenshot. I screenshot of that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's but crazy, yeah, man. Like, did, yeah. She did this big international women's day post along with my, did she tag you in it? Yeah, she did. And she said, thank you for taking this picture. What? Yeah. And even, um, yeah. And um, Denny, Villa, Denny Villeneuve, um, his, he's the director. And his wife, Tanya Lapointe, La I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. But she started following me on Instagram. And she's the author of uh, the Blade Runner uh, behind the scenes book that I really, really liked. And she like has done some writing that I really liked. And she started following me after that. That's crazy. What the hell? Like one of the best directors, like, and this awesome, like author, his wife started following me. I'm like, I'm going to pretend in my head that she's shown in my photos before. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy the platform that Instagram allows us to the people we can connect with, with this thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, it absolutely is. That, and that was the, that was definitely the coolest thing that happened just because I was so obsessed with that movie at the time and her character in particular, I was just like obsessed with, I actually haven't done any photos with that figure in a while. I should, I should do another one soon. Cause she's, she actually had a really good uh, NECA figure. Nice. Um, but yeah, Sylvia Hoax, she's just, she's a really good actress. I just loved her. Uh, I loved love in that movie. Got to, um, man. She was just such a badass character. I couldn't believe that. I remember when I saw it, I was like, what the fuck? Is this real? Playborn <laughs> 2049 is the new one, right? Yeah, that's the most recent one. Okay. I, I know just- it's, you're probably going to judge me for this, and it's okay. I've tried to watch the original Blade Runner like 10 times and I fall asleep every time. Oh, that's fine, man. That's fine. I mean, every I'm, time I'm, dude. I'm quietly judging you, but at the same time, <laughs> I've tried. I really, I really have tried. How dare you, sir? I've tried, dude. No. I like the new one. The new, new it's, great. A, it's a little bit of a, it's a sleepy movie for sure. It's, it's almost relaxing. It is like the music and right the, to sleep. the visuals. It's like I could definitely. I'm. I think I've fallen asleep watching it before too. And I. Well, and I, I usually start it late at night, and I think that's my issue. Yeah. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll watch this movie again. And it's like I start at like twelve o'clock at night, and I just fall asleep. Yeah. No, you need to start it like in the morning or something. I really do. I need like right after a cup of coffee, start Blade Runner. Just like do it. Yeah. I think it's one of those movies, though, that I think it definitely takes multiple viewings. Because when I first saw it, I was like, that was interesting. I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it. I'm pretty sure I was really stoned at my friend's house in high school when we watched it. Probably had an effect. And it was really late at night, too. But I remember it, it really 
like making me feel strange when I watched it. But then I watched it again and I was like, I actually really like this. But I showed it to my brother-in-law who's a big uh, movie buff too. And he, he was not the biggest fan of it. He thought it was really slow too. But then he loved Blade Runner 2049. Interesting. Oh, it's inter- yeah. It's the opinions on the first one are, are interesting. I I definitely I'm not like surprised to hear that. Isn't there like different versions though of it? Like there's like a director's yeah. version. If you're watching the one with the narration, then I'm definitely not surprised that you fall asleep during. Okay, Don't so there's not there's one without narration. You have you only watch the one with narration. I think so. Oh God, that's the worst one. Is it? Yes, you need to. Okay, watch the um, the final cut, Blade final Runner cut. final cut. Um, no narration. Completely changes the movie without the voiceover. As much as I love Harrison Ford, and you know he can voice over whatever he wants, but <laughs> that movie works much better, in my opinion, without the uh, without the voiceover. Okay, I'm gonna the check that out. Cut, yeah, look up the final cut, and I think you'll get into it i could see how like that could lull you to sleep because that voice is kind of it's very like noir sounding like it almost sounds like one of those old like detective yep mystery things you'd listen to on the radio or something and i love stuff like that but it's just the tone and the way he's so dulcet and like it's just like talking like this and I'm yeah. gonna lull yeah. you to sleep now. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> and whisper sweet nothings to you while you fall asleep because I'm Harrison Ford. Yep. That, yeah, it just knocks me right out, dude. Instantaneous. Man. Instant KO. That's the trick to falling asleep. Just listen to Harrison Ford talking, and it just yeah. drifts you off like a baby. Like just reading like the Wall Street Journal, like Harrison Ford just reading a newspaper. I could just knock. Oh me out. man, I'm feeling tired already. Just thinking. <laughs> that. That's so <laughs> funny, dude. The Wall Street Journal. <laughs> I'm gonna talk to you about all this stuff. Okay, so have you seen Ender's Game? Uh no, I have not seen Ender's Game the movie. Can I spoil it for you? Well, I've seen, I've read the book. Okay, so you know what happens. Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the same as what happens in the movie, but I don't, I don't care. Can I complain to you for a second about Ender's Game? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, it, for people not listening, or for people listening that don't know Ender's Game, it's a, it's a movie with Harrison Ford in it, and it's like a, it's like a sci-fi movie. It's great the first like hour and a half and then like it gets really good the last 15 minutes and then the last five minutes of the movie was just terrible like i was so mad like i don't know why i was so mad other than like i think i just wanted it to end really well and yeah what happened i don't know okay so like what happened the premise is like there's these kids and like they're trying to like do this simulation or whatever and they're trying to like save something i don't know i'm I'm butchering this but it's a sci-fi movie and harrison ford's one of the like ranking commanders or something and right um anyway they get to the end of the movie and they're like they think that they're running a simulation right right and they find out that the simulation they they beat the simulation but once they do it once they like do the simulation it's over they find out it was real and they find out they were happened in the book yeah that, yep. And then after that, the guy was like upset about what happened. And then he goes and like somehow like finds these alien creatures that look like grasshoppers, if I remember correctly. <laughs> and they, he like falls in love with them or something. And like, like, I don't know. I can't even describe you what happened. I was just so angry because I was like, this was such a good movie until the very uh-huh. end. Like he goes and like becomes one with like the alien grasshoppers yeah is that what happened in the book kind of i haven't read the book in a really long time but i do remember him going to like the planet of what he thought was a simulation or something but it was actually yeah. real yeah and i do remember him seeing aliens i don't remember him falling in love 
and becoming one with them. It's like he sympathized with them. I remember him sympathizing yeah. with them. Yeah. I don't know. Just the way that they ended it, I was, it was yeah. terrible. I could see how, no, I could see how they could have a, a hard time translating that, the ending of that book to, uh, to a movie. Well, there was no words. Like it was all just like, it yeah, was all no audio. And it was just like emotional music, him staring at the aliens and then like a couple hand gestures and it was, it was over. And I was like, what? I just wasted money. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well, well, I, I have not, I have not seen it just because I remember loving the book. I honestly, I think I read it in middle school. That's the last time I read it was when I was like 13. Wow. So like uh, a long time ago, long time ago, like, yeah, 16 years ago. Um, but I remember really liking it. And then I just remember seeing the trailer and being like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. if I'm. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't exactly how I pictured it in my head. So. And that kid's yeah. a good actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He's I'm good. Under looking. Uh, yeah. Uh, gosh, the movie that disappointed me last year was a. Uh, and even lo- looking back on it, I'm like, like I posted one story really ragging on it, but then I kind of felt bad. I was like, well, I guess it wasn't that bad of a movie in hindsight. It was a. Um, Terminator Dark Fate. Okay, I haven't seen that. No. Are you planning it? No, I'm not. Okay, well, the thing that upset me, like, is it bad if I say a spoiler? Should we give a spoiler? Spoiler alert. Spoiler warning. For the first five minutes of Terminator Dark Fate. Um, What upset me was, so they said, this is the true sequel to Terminator 2. Right. And um, they're retconning all the other all the other Terminators movies that happen don't exist. This is the true sequel to Terminator 2. I'm like, OK. And um, they brought the Deadpool director. What what the hell is his name again? Um, I, I don't know. Chris Miller, Chris Miller I think. Um, I don't know. But, uh, it just so in the first. Uh, Tim Miller, Chris Miller. Tim Miller is the director Um, and he's a really good director and I love the way he shoots action and the action in the movie is pretty damn good. Like I'll give the movie credit for that, but it just killed it for me in the first five minutes. Um, So it starts off. It's like, I think a year or so, like a little bit of time after Terminator two and um, they de-aged John and Sarah so John Connor is like in the scene and it looks like Edward Furlong. <laughs> and, um, that was cool. He's like talking. I think he's like flirting with the bartender or something, doing something John Connor-ish. And uh, I think they're in Mexico or something. I forget exactly where they are. But um, all of a sudden, just a T-800 that looks like Arnold shows up and just shoots John dead right there. What? And just kills him instantly. Like, so it's like, oh, so everything. And that just rubbed me the wrong way. Cause I'm like, Terminator 2, it was all about saving John. And now you're basically saying that he dies immediately after anyway by some like leftover Terminator because apparently Skynet sent back more than one. And there was just one looming around the, the world waiting to find John. And then he found him and then he just like shoots him and, and he dies. And then he just walks on. He just walks away. Lame. And I was just <laughs> like, fuck. Well, you basically are saying like Terminator 2 doesn't matter, which rubbed me the wrong way. But then I felt like I was being a baby. Like, well, who really cares anyway? This movie is like some sequel 20 years later. <laughs> like, so I guess if you can ignore, if you can ignore that story aspect and just watch the movie on its own own terms it's like an enjoyable enough movie i guess like my brother-in-law really liked it and he's a big terminator fan so i guess it all depends on whether or not you can forgive the first five minutes of the movie so it's like the last jedi of terminator movies yeah exactly (laughs) okay Okay. you have to give me a frame of reference okay yeah it's a it's a like it or hate it movie (laughs) 
Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. But, uh, it does have good action. And Arnold is pretty funny. Yeah. So that Terminator that killed John walked off into the sunset and apparently he grew a conscience and uh, has been living on earth all these years. And he, that's the Terminator that's in the trailer. That's all old, old Arnold. Just huh. the, they killed John all grown up now. And he like is living a family life with some lady and he, he does drapes. <laughs> wow. line in the movie they're like what they're like are you his bodyguard he's like i do drapes <laughs> is he st- he's not still the governor and this is how this is no, how no, educated he's, no, he's not he's not the governor anymore. he's not the governor anymore okay no, that was pretty cool when he was though oh well dude let's 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 uh let's uh, round it on down and give some people that maybe you want to start doing toy photography, give some, give some tips for people that want to start and uh, we'll close it on out. Some tips, just when it comes to toy photography, just do what makes you happy. You know, take photos that, that bring you personal enjoyment. Like I found more enjoyment out of photography when I stopped thinking that I want to take this photo hoping that it gets a thousand likes or something, you know, Mm. just do, do what makes you personally happy. And, uh, you know, when it comes to making a good picture, um, just understand the concept of lighting and how lighting works. Like that's what changed in my photography and made my photos better was just when I understood how lighting works. And like, I don't even really edit all that much. I, I just, like do color grading stuff on Lightroom and and that's pretty much it. So it's all about just kind of, you know, capturing whatever that image is in your head and not being defeated if it doesn't look exactly like what you imagined and and just do whatever whatever makes you personally happy, whatever brings you personal enjoyment out of taking a picture. Like I feel like that's what it's all about anyway, you know? Boom. Mic drop, man. There you go. I love it. Mic drop. <laughs> there you go. Thank you so much, Tommy, for coming on and let everybody know if they are not already where they can connect with you on social media. Um, yeah. So you can connect with me, my nerdy obsessions, my underscore nerdy underscore obsessions. And uh, you'll find all my anime, Star Wars, Funko Pops, figure arts, whatever, whatever figure you want to see on there, pretty much. Nice. Love it. You yeah. can find me at Dagobah underscore days. You can find Toy Photocast on Instagram at Toy Photocast. You can find our other feature pages, uh, the 112 Community and Star Wars Toy Picks, also on Instagram. And remember, everybody, we are storytellers. Get out there, tell your story, have some fun, shoot some toys, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. See ya. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Toy Photocast. If you're enjoying this content and if this is adding value to you, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want to hear. And that's going to help us shape the future of these episodes as we grow deeper into toy photography and the incredible community that surrounds it. Thank you guys again and have a great day. Peace.